Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me in the studio, I have Dean Brownless, who is an English teacher here in Taiwan, but he's also the founder of Live and Hope, which is a nonprofit, non-religious organization focusing on awareness of uh, mental health and well-being in Taiwan. Well, let's welcome Dean. Hi, Dean. Hi, Shirley. Thank you for having me on. Yes, and uh, if you guys, like my dear listeners, can tell. He's got a bit of an accent there. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. Not too strong, but yeah, you can you can definitely hear it. Yeah. Right. Where are you from, Dean? I'm from Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, so uh, I've been in Taiwan just over two years, and uh, yeah, from the Emerald Isle, that is Ireland. Okay. Um, what brought you to Taiwan? So I came to Taiwan on a recommendation from my sister. So she was actually studying Chinese also at uh, Shida. In Taipei,、oh. so she said, "You know, you should come to Taiwan. You should check it out. It's a great place. Why not?" She's still here. She's gone back. She's、oh. back in Ireland now.、Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was living previously in Australia for just over two years, and、uh, yeah, she said, "Why don't Why don't you come to Taiwan?" So I came to Taiwan, and then she left and went back <laughs> home to Ireland. Okay. So what is this? You're trying to like make a, a trip around the world or something like that? You lived in Australia for two years, and now you're in Taiwan two years. So it's like this two-year challenge in every city that you're gonna yeah, try. Really? Yeah. So you're leaving us now? <laughs> you, you, are you leaving us soon? Yeah, I'm just leaving this interview. I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, I don't mean no, that. Yeah. So, so、um, what's happening? The situation was in Australia. I tried to stay longer and get sponsored for a work visa, like a permanent visa. Um, that didn't happen, unfortunately. So I had to make a decision. I had two options that I wanted: either New Zealand or Taiwan, based on the recommendation of my sister.、Um, and I felt like Taiwan would be a bigger challenge, you know, with Chinese and completely different culture. So yeah, I said, why not? Why not embrace that challenge? Okay. So were you learning Chinese before you came to Taiwan? No. None. None. Zero.、And、I think I had like ni hao and xie xie. That was that was <laughs> it. That's all I had. And you actually said that your Chinese is better than your what? My Irish, my okay, Irish. I'm ashamed.、It. I'm ashamed to say I've I've lost a lot of the Irish、uh, that I learned in you know primary and junior and senior high school. So yeah, my Chinese is probably better, but still not good. <laughs> what you mean by that is that you're losing the Irish expressions. You're saying I'm actually just I've lost the Irish accent. So we do、oh, speak you are talking the about Irish the language. Yeah, in. In in Ireland, so yeah, unfortunately, it's it's not as good as my Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go a little bit back there.、Um, so I I lived in Ireland till around about twenty two, twenty three. Had a decent job. I was doing sports marketing and business in a, a national governing body. So I had a good job, and、uh, things were were promising. But I just had this curiosity. I just wanted to. Travel to live in a different country, and、um, I had some friends and some family friends living in Australia, and they said, you know, why don't you come to Australia? You know, we'll we'll welcome you, no problem. So I said, yeah, let's give it a go. What did you study in college? I did business and sport management. Ah, no、yeah. wonder you had a job in sports related. So you were into sports? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. business of sports and、oh, the business to, of sports. No, I'm talking about sports, sports, sports in general. Yeah, I used <laughs> to play、um, football, as we call it in Ireland. The American or Canadian listeners will say soccer. Okay.、Um, so I played football and rugby in in Ireland. You just have one sibling? Just the one. 
Yeah, okay. So one. she, she younger, older? She is two years younger. Okay. She left Iron before you did? I'm not sure the exact time. I think we left in around the same time. She was studying Chinese in in Dublin and one of her years was a an Erasmus year where she goes away and studies Chinese in in China. So she went to Xiamen to study Chinese and I think she I think she left maybe a little bit before me, yeah. Two adventuresome people in the same family. Yeah. Your parents felt all right with you two leaving them and all that kind of stuff? Of course they were heartbroken, you know. <laughs> two of the best kids leaving the nest, you know, so but I think at the same time, they, they knew at that time Ireland was going through a recession. So the economy was very bad. A lot of people lost their jobs and it wasn't just in Ireland. It was mostly most countries in the world. So I think my parents were kind of definitely very supportive and said, you know, you guys do you. We know what's happening in Ireland. And so there's not there are not that many opportunities here for you. So do what you got to do. Experience the world and, you know, challenge yourselves. I'm curious, why was your sister studying Chinese? I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know. She uh, She's good at languages. Like she's good at French, German. She was uh, doing applied languages and interpretation in university. And I think in her last two years, she had to pick a language that she wanted to stick with. And Chinese was her, her chosen option. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So is Chinese learning very common in Ireland? No. No? No, not okay. at all. The, the big ones are probably French, Spanish, Italian and German. Right. I like the big ones, yeah. How are you with languages? I'm not bad. Yeah. I'm okay. I think I've got a good ear for listening and, and I do accents. You know, I can pick up accents and things like that. So uh. I think I've got a good ear. Oh, yeah. good. Well, hey, why don't we um, talk about that story that has made an impact on you that I told you to prepare? Yeah. You want to tell that story now? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I've kind of got two different kind of stories or examples. The The first one is when I first left Ireland. So we're just talking about basically my feelings, why I decided to leave Ireland and kind of a little bit about perspective. So I had a good job. Everything was fine. But I really had this curiosity to, to leave and to travel and to see and explore, you know. So um, this was the first time that I'd ever left home. I just remember in the airport and saying goodbye to family and there were tears and, you know, people saying goodbye. And, you know, it's just it's. It's tough. It's tough, especially when you're 22, 23 and you've never left home. You know, you've never studied abroad or anything like that. So that was a big eye opener. And so, yeah, so I kind of felt like, OK, this is it. You know, you know, scared, excited, nervous. All these emotions were, were running through me. And on the plane, I was reading an autobiography um, from an Irish guy, an Irish um, guy who moved to Australia. And he was playing the local Aussie rules, Australian rules football in Australia and he was diagnosed with brain cancer in around I think it was 38 39 years old oh, mm. so he wrote a, an autobiography and unfortunately he passed away uh, mm -hmm. just after the he finished the autobiography so I was sitting there on the plane uh, on my way to Dubai reading this book and I felt like oh my god this guy has has brain cancer and he's got two kids and He's living in Australia. He's an Irish guy. He's he, he's obviously been through the same thing that I'm going through right now at that moment, you know, leaving home. And I kind of felt like, OK, well, you know, that kind of puts things into perspective. Like, you know, I'm I'm fit, I'm, I'm healthy. And, and here's this guy here. And he unfortunately passed away. And it really just brought everything into perspective that, you know, this fear that I had just completely left and it turned into excitement. And I said to myself, OK, Dean, like, seriously, 
you know, pull yourself together. You're, you're embarking on this new adventure. Don't let fear ruin your experience and don't let fear ruin the true like kind of feeling or being of the situation. So that really put things into perspective and it kind of gave me a clear mind to embrace the, you know, the new things and whatever's going to experience in Australia. So that's just kind of like a little short story about how leaving home and fear, how we deal with fear. For many people, it's very different. But um, I guess it was just meant to be that I was reading that that book, that autobiography that just put everything into perspective. And sad to say, the best thing for me was was leaving Ireland and, you know, embracing these new challenges. And it sounds cliche, you know, it sounds, oh, I want to go and find myself and <laughs> experience the world. But it uh, was definitely the best thing that I ever ever did you know doing that was such a a big feat in itself and you know my family say we're so proud of you and you know you should be you should feel really proud of yourself and I do at times but I don't really let it go to my head you know I just try and do things and overcome these challenges and obstacles so that's definitely a story in a situation that had a, a big impact in in my life you're listening to in the spotlight with Shirley Lynn So what was Australia like when you first arrived? Oh, my God. Everyone was so beautiful, so handsome, so tan, the beaches. <laughs> it was just the outdoor lifestyle. I was thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> I just landed in like a commercial for Heineken or something, you know, or Carlsberg. It was like, wow, this is insane. Beautiful, beautiful country. And um, the weather is amazing. I mean, if you like sunshine and good weather, right? Australia is the place to go. A lot of nature, a lot of wildlife. Um, so very very different from Ireland <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can say that again yeah one's yeah. like way up north and the other's way down south <laughs> yeah yeah in Ireland usually in the winter time we're in almost complete darkness for most of the yeah. day for a few months so, so yeah, wow yeah. could you get used to all that too much sun <laughs> um I could get used to it yeah I could get used to that <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely uh I definitely like the beach and surfing and, and water sports oh, you and, learned how to surf yeah yeah I surf in <laughs> Taiwan I surf here in okay. Uh, in Elan so yeah I do like a bit of surfing as well did you know how to swim before you left Ireland yes okay well yeah. that helps yeah I learned from I think maybe four or five years old mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of I'm very glad that my parents made myself and my sister learn how to swim yeah oh good all right hey I just remember I knew I was going to ask you is there a story behind your last name Brownless um I'm sure there is. I'll try and give you as best an idea. <laughs> I actually, I'm not too sure, but we as a family have been trying to do some research about the Brownless name because it's very, very rare, very unique. There are Brown Lees, Brown Lows, and Browns. Of course, Brown is a very common yes. name, but Brownless, people say Brown, Brownless? You're Brownless? <laughs> so they're quite um, taken aback by that last name. And um, my granddad, my father's dad, he was. Um, we didn't know his parents. He was an orphan as a child. Uh -huh. And he was born in around the turn of the 19, uh, 1900s. He was a twin, but he was orphaned as a, as a child. So unfortunately, the family tree doesn't really go back that far. We find it very difficult to make contact with anybody past that, you know. And we've done the, the Ancestry.com and we've, we've been in contact with the... Um, the religious organizations there, the orphanage that he was, he was a part of. But there are not that many brownlesses in Ireland or, or the world. Yeah. Um, a funny a short little anecdote that I, I have to mention is when I went to Australia, there's a very famous ex-Aussie um, Rules footballer called Billy Brownless. 
he's very, very famous, played for a Melbourne club called Geelong. And if anyone knows Aussie Rules, they'll know Billy Brownless. And he he does radio also. And he said, why don't you contact the radio show and maybe you can find out more about Brownless and your last name. So we sent the radio show an email. I thought nothing of it. I thought, you know, they're not going to they're not going to reply. And about a week later, his his secretary said, oh, you know, here's Billy's personal email. He said he's fine with that. Make contact. No problem. I said, oh, great. So um, coincidentally, he was um, in Perth on, on business trip, which is where I was living. Oh. And I said, you know, could we maybe grab a coffee and meet up? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we met up and he was just he couldn't believe it. He was like, you're another brownless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we spoke a little bit about the family tree and um, his dad had also done some research about the family tree. And he said it comes back from, I think, Scotland or northern England was his relations were from. And, you know, he said, oh, we, we must be related. We have yeah. to be. There are not that many Brownlesses in the world. So he, he's part of the family now. He's kind of like an extended uncle that I reach out to and email quite regularly. And, you know, I, I see him every time I go back to Australia. So it's great. It's great to, oh, to wow. have that. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Very interesting last name, Brownless. Yeah. I'm sorry I don't have any kind of in-depth <laughs> kind of yeah, research about it. Now you're in Taiwan. Yes. What was it like when you first arrived in hot, Taiwan? Hot, 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 hot and sticky. It was right in the smack <clears throat> of summer. I think I arrived at the end of June, early okay. July. It's just when it was getting hot. I stepped off, stepped off the plane, got out at Taoyuan and then boom, waiting for the Guoguang bus. I was like, <gasps> kill me now. It, it was, it was, it was very hot. Um, and yeah, it was. It's a different kind of heat from Australia. Australia, you have a dry heat. Yeah. Whereas it's, in Taiwan, it's yeah, quite it's humid. Sticky. So okay. it was. Uh, it was. It was definitely a learning experience. The first week, you know, I decided to do some basic courses in Chinese at Shida, uh, just to kind of give me a basic foundation of of Chinese. So I did that for the first three months, and then afterwards, I said, okay, I need a job and finding an apartment and things like that. I was very grateful that I had some of my sister's friends who helped me out by letting me stay with them. Right, because when you arrived, she already left. She was gone. Yeah, <laughs> she was She was out. She was gone. I was on my own, so I didn't okay. really know that many people. But like that again, I just kind of took what I learned from Australia and, and, and put it to work here and said, okay, well, I had to sit down, write down, okay, what do I need to do? Learn Chinese, find an apartment find a job. Join me next week to find out how Dean Brownless fared in the first few months in Taiwan. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. 